Sober in the city, real life, real addiction, real recovery. Call in now from all over the USA, 1-800-SOBER-05. Welcome back. Here's your on-air sponsor, Debbie Strand. I'm Debbie Strand with Sober in the City, here to tell you about how I got sober and how I'm maintaining my sobriety one day at a time. We're also talking about life issues. We all have them. If you're in recovery, want to be, maybe you should be. Maybe you just found out that your last few boyfriends were absolute lying psychopaths. We all have life issues and we're all here to deal with them just one day at a time. Call us at 800-SOBER-05. Tell me what's going on with you, how you're staying sober. Maybe you're not staying sober. Tell me what's going on with that. Call me 800-SOBER-05 and visit us at SoberInTheCity.com and listen live on the Sober in the City app for both Apple and Droid devices. And if you or someone you love needs to get into detox, rehab, or you need an intervention, call me 800-SOBER-05. I am here to help. We're going to talk about living life on life's terms. What does that look like to you? How do you accept some things that are really not going your way in your life? And how do you keep hope for the future? Ugh, I hated it when I first started hearing life on life's terms. I hated that. And I just didn't know how to accept things the way that they were. And I didn't know how to choose circumstances that were better for me. Sometimes we get faced with outcomes we don't like. We have problems that we didn't bargain for. And sometimes even the finality of deaths are around us. It's all life on life's terms. Things we can't control. We are told roll with the punches. We have to give up hope for a better yesterday. It is what it is. And acceptance is the answer to all of our problems. I'm going to ask the callers to make heads or tails out of all of this and share what is life on life's terms to you and how do you deal with it? We're going to go straight to Rosemary, who's calling from Tempe, Arizona. Rosemary, welcome to Sober in the City. Thank you, Debbie. I'm glad to be here. Can you make heads or tails out of this living life on life's terms? Some things in my life are not going the way I want them to. Rosemary, I'm sober since 2004, and I think things should start going my way. Not really. Well, I'm, I'm being all? a brat today. I'm really, I'm stomping my feet and I want, I didn't want, I'm being selfish and self-centered and I need to get out of this. So I'm glad we're doing this topic today. Help me out. Oh, it's a wonderful topic. Well, for me, it's acceptance. Acceptance, I had to get to that place. It wasn't easy. It took me years to accept that my son was not going to, because of his disease, was not going to be able to be in my life as I had wanted him to be. Because of the tools of Al-Anon that I was given, I could accept it and embrace it. It didn't happen overnight, but it happened. So Al-Anon, excuse me, just one second. Al-Anon is the program that helps people deal with themselves when they have someone in their life that is an addict or an alcoholic, correct? Exactly. Correct. Okay, so that is the program that you work of recovery or are you in recovery also for drugs and alcohol yourself? 
I do attend some of those meetings to, uh, to, to lend support and to understand the other side of it. But no, I am a true Al-Anon. I have a oh. black belt in Al-Anon. Well, that's great because I really need a little bit of that program right now. <laughs> Give it oh, to me. It is, the, it is a lifesaver. <laughs> Give a me that high karate. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lifesaver. Uh, it helped me to see uh, that it wasn't about me. It was about them and accepting them. And if I could not forgive my parents having grown up in an alcoholic home, how in the world could I ever expect anybody I love to forgive me? And it's all about forgiveness and acceptance today. And I could not do that without the tools of Al-Anon and every single member of, that, of our group. In those rooms, I, when the first day I walked in, I didn't understand the language, what they were laughing about. I mean, come on, life was serious. Here they were, and I wanted what they had, and I kept coming back, and I got it. All right, I get that it works when you go to those meetings, but right now I'm not in a meeting. Rosemary, me and you are sitting right here now. Me and you were talking. Somebody else out there is listening and saying, I can't accept that my husband's an alcoholic. I can't accept that my wife just got caught in bed with my neighbor. I can't accept these things that are going on in my life. Give us some tools. Tell us what does that look like when you're sitting in those meetings? How do things dawn on you? How do things come about? What can somebody do in the short term? Those aha moments. What we can do is working our steps. Taught, reasoning it out with somebody else, trying to move ourselves out of the equation, being part of the solution, not being part of the, pro, of the problem itself. I see people who get on that pity pot. I'm one of them. When I go into that victim mindset, oh, they're doing it to me, how awful. It never occurred to me, Debbie, that it was all about them, that they're hurting too. They're looking for something. And what something is, is a power greater than myself. And that's what I found in those rooms. Is I could not do it alone. I cannot do it alone. I cannot give it to you. I can give it to you by giving it away. And that's how I get to keep it. And so, I'll be happy to do all of that for you. So the aha moment that I'm getting when you're sharing that is that we need to move out of that victim mentality. As long as we think oh, that it was about us and something got done to us, then we remain hurt. doesn't have anything to do That's with them. Exactly right. That's it right there. And we're all on this journey. My son is on his journey. He doesn't belong to me. He's a grown-up. He has choices. They're not what the choices I want for him, but they're his choices, his journey. And I do trust and believe in a power greater myself that will take, get him where he needs to be. It may not be in my lifetime. I have come to accept that. There's a hook in being a mother, a real hook. And I am free today to make choices. I have choices today. How does that help to keep you out of the victim mentality, Rosemary? Oh, I still go there, and when I'm there, it's pitiful. And I, sometimes I stay there, Debbie, just because I need to feel that. I need to see how it does not work for me. It doesn't work. So I then give it a little time, and my time spent there is less and less, and my time in being happy, joyous, and free is more and more. So I can see the two and be very clear on it. Sometimes I need to go... Out of, out of the 
remove myself from the situation, even just for a minute, I always have a plan B. It's very easy to get sucked into the world, into living that kind of life. I don't have to do that today. I know that. All, all the, my best plan, best thought plan got me here. You talk about your best thought plans. That's because you were trying to control things and trying to manipulate things yes. and make things work out your way. And when you did that, exactly. you ended up in that pain and that victim mentality because people didn't act the way or react the way that you wanted them to. And then you ended up hurt exactly. and they went on about their lives doing whatever the heck it was that they set out to do in the first place, right? That's right. So that's you're, right. That's the truth right there. Mm-hmm. So you have to remove yourself from the situation. And, and honestly, I have found over time and a situation I'm going through right now, I have found my very best tool is delayed response. <laughs> I have the right oh, to remain is. silent. You bet. I, I was always reacting. I reacted to my alcoholic, my problem drinkers, uh, even those who were, were dry drunk. Uh, I was reacting all the time, being that people pleased her. All I wanted you to do is love me. I was that chameleon. And I was going to be whatever you wanted me to be so that you would love me. It doesn't work. So the other part of that, too... The other part of that, too, Rosemary, is to get your own self-esteem, your own life, your own values, to define all that. And you do that in the Al-Anon program through that work, which is fantastic. And once you have, you. Once you have that, then you set boundaries with people. And when things are not okay with you, how the situation is going, it's not necessarily that you say, I don't care about you anymore. You simply move into a different realm. Is that correct? That's right. That's correct. It's detaching. I, I had heard in the rooms about detaching, and I didn't understand how to separate myself because I was emotionally attached to everybody who was in my life. And it was one thing to detach. It was another thing to detach with love. And that's not having resentment. And I had to work all of that. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. But it's worth every step of the way to do it and to do it right. Uh, just... I, I, I had to learn to love myself. I learned that in the rooms. And it didn't, again, I spent years, probably decades, walking the walk, I mean, learning the steps, learning the traditions, learning the concepts, learning the program. And I could recite it backwards and forwards to you. But I had to really start loving myself before I could love you or anyone else. I didn't know that. I didn't know how to do that. I was a blank piece of paper. I wanted to be invisible. I didn't want to have anybody see that how broken I was. I, I had a great facade going on. It looked like I had all the answers. I didn't know anything. Knew nothing. And my higher power has led me all this way. And it just gets more and more beautiful. It, it works if we work it. It definitely seems to me that the effects of that program have come over me because I get into situations that I want them to go my way. But when it's not good enough for me, when it crosses my ethics and my morals and my values, and I say, no, I'm not going to tolerate this. And I move out of it. That's when I know that that program has taken hold of me and that the work is paying off. That's right. And it's hard. Sometimes I, I was getting confused. I know that when I've been in the AA rooms, what a wonderful program. And those founding fathers, my goodness sakes. It's just, there's nothing, I mean, how much can be said about that? 
I also know that it keeps them sober. What I've learned in Al-Anon is how to live life, how to embrace my life. When I'm in a situation where I'm being confronted, I used to want to run and hide. Today, I, I can say, I don't agree with you. I've learned to agree to disagree. I've learned to uh, give you the benefit of the doubt. I've learned compassion. I've, I only had two feelings my whole life, fear and shame. I got into Al-Anon, and I learned that fear, the fear wasn't... Was nothing. It wasn't nearly as bad as what I made it out to be. I was not. I shouldn't have been ashamed. I wasn't a bad person. I was made to feel that I was a bad person. I had to do my fourth step inventory. I had to start with the good things uh, about myself, and it took a long time because I only saw myself through other people's eyes. So today I get to incorporate all the steps, the traditions, what everyone shares. We're a fellowship, and we're there to, we may not like all of us, but we love each other in in ways that we never thought possible. Do you know where those issues came from? Do you know where that shame came from and where that self-doubt and that um, that feeling of shrinking before authorities and not being able to stand up for ourselves? Because I think a lot of us have experienced that, and I have too. And through the program and the different things that I do in For Recovery, I've learned to step into my adult body and be able to stand up for myself. Yes, I know where they came from. My self-image I saw through my family of origin. It was a critical, judgmental home. They loved me, but at the same time, their actions didn't match their words. And I just isolated. I became invisible. And I, I, so I saw myself through their eyes. It wasn't until I got into the rooms and I started opening my mouth and I found my voice that I could start to feel um, authentic and work towards that. And I started to be validated and know... I have something to give to the world, and I want to do that. I have found a purpose. I could not have done that without Al-Anon. It wouldn't have happened. And most importantly, a power greater than myself. That is where it all starts. You know, a lot of that does happen to us from our families of origins, and the words not matching the actions are so huge. I mean, the simple stuff like don't smoke when they're sitting there, you know, having a cigarette or having a drink, don't drink and just things like that. Just really confuse Mm -hmm. a child and you turn out not knowing how to make decisions for yourself because you doubt everything. And when people are lying to you, you don't even trust your own instincts because you're so used to not believing what it is your eyes are seeing. You said it perfectly, and even today, with decades in the program, I still find myself doing that. And I have to stop and and realize, wait a minute, what part am I playing in this? What part, how can I make this better? And and it just all sort of happens, whereas before I would just react. I went headstrong into something, and then it would just turn out so awful, and I found myself just like a, a rat in a maze, just that dance of anger that we do. I don't have to do any of that today. I can breathe. 
And we also learned so many of us who are in abusive homes and homes that were full of addicts and alcoholics don't tell, look good on the outside. And then we go out into our own addictions and we learn, don't be a rat, you know, don't roll on anybody, hold your mud. And all those things are very damaging. Then we get into recovery and those skills no longer serve us. So one time maybe they kept us alive, but they no longer serve us. So there's an awful lot there. Rosemary, thank you so much. I'm so glad that we had you here. Oh, thank you, Debbie. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, I hope we can call on you again, Rosemary. Thanks for being with us. Anytime, anytime. Thank you, Debbie. We're going to go to Tim in Deerfield Beach, Florida. Tim, welcome to Sober in the City. How are you? Uh, thanks, Debbie. Thank you. I'm very blessed. Thank you. Thank you. I like being blessed. Thank you. I, I am blessed. <laughs> I got to stop and, and check my gratitude list once in a while. I get on that pity pot. You know, do you know I cannot read my gratitude list on my pity pot? I just made that up. <laughs> uh, Tim, save me from that. <laughs> okay, we're talking about life on life's terms. Um, what are you facing? How do you get through life on life's terms? How do you keep hope for the future? And, and what does life on life's terms look like to you? Well, um, life on life's terms, Deb, is, you know, accepting what is. Um, you know, practice in the moment, practice the power of now, as Eckhart Tolle would do. Um, and, you know, a, a spending time with yourself to reflect um, what's really going on. Um, unlike how it used to be. So, um, you know, I never knew the truth from the false in the past. Um, and in recovery, as a recovered alcoholic, drug addict, um, you know, the truth reveals itself to me. And when the truth reveals itself to me, it helps me to stay very present, uh, very accepting of what is. Um, so, you know, that's that's a big part of, of, of how I look at it. And I think it's a big part um, of recovery itself, you know, is the gift of presenting the now, the gift of being able to stay in the now, um, and the gift of being able to accept, um, unlike how it used to be, you know, because it used to be all about me. Um, and, and, in, and in that mindset, I could never see that I could never separate the truth from the false. I could never get down to the causes and conditions. So, um, I'm very good. I'm, I'm actually, you know, that's when you, when you asked, when you introduced me, that's why I said I'm blessed because I am, you know, I never knew it could be this, this wonderful and this magnificent, um, by just some, some, some very simple, uh, tools, some spiritual guidelines and some principles in my life. Um, you know, I, I, it's just, it's just, a, it's obviously God's grace. Um, it's the steps of the program. These are wonderful teachers, Bill and Bob. And of course, the spirit of the fellowship, um, you know, and, and it's it's just an amazing, amazing process. And I think for for a guy like me, um, who started at 11 and uh, was homeless by 44, destroying a marriage, destroying two children's lives that didn't have to be here, I put them here and shredding their lives all because I didn't like how I felt. Um, and you know, it just—it's uh, just an amazing blessing. Um, you know, I, I lived in fear my entire life, and um, I'm forever grateful. I'm, I start to get emotional just talking to you because 33 years is a lot of darkness, a lot of pain, and a lot of loneliness, and a lot of doubting myself and every, and all kinds of things. And um, to be where I'm at today is is just truly amazing, and and that's why I believe in all of us. 
Um, and, and I believe in other people, even though I might not like what's going on, I, I might not like a situation today. It's okay because I have the gift of, um, of, of choosing how I'm going, going to respond to it. And, and that's something that took me a very, very long time to get. So I, I do what I was taught today on how to keep this gift and acceptance and, you know, life on life's terms. And, um, you know, 10, 11, and 12 keep it very, very fresh for me, very, you know, very present. Um, it allows me to be. So I'm very, I'm very blessed. I'm just blessed. <laughs> Explain to us a little bit about the power of now, about Eckhart Tolle's studies, about how you stay in the present. I'm well aware of it, and I practice it on a moment-to-moment basis, <laughs> not always successfully. Yeah. But give our listeners some callers. Tell someone what it is that you do to stay in the present moment and why that helps. Um, well, you know, I, I start my day. Um, it's, all, it's all on how I start my day. You know, some people say, well, you can always start over. Well, I always say to all the men I work with and the women that I work with, being an addictions counselor, you know, if you just start off right, you don't have to start it over. Um, so, you know, in the morning, I, 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 it's set to the morning upon awakening. You know, my big book gives me instructions on, on what to do for the day, and that just sets the tone. Um, obviously, I have some other um, mentors and teachers. Eckhart Tolle, obviously, is one of them, and, and Eckhart taught me quite a few things and, and that's, you know, to, to just be, um, you know, to, to take the time and, and to focus in on what's really going on, you know, the magnificence of everything that's in place and, and you know, how powerless I really am. Um, and, and, you know, to use, just to use what you have at this moment, because anything can happen in just one day. You know, I was born in one day. I'm going to die in one day. I got married in one day. Everything or anything can happen in just one day. And, you know, um, you know, we're, we're all guilty of it. We're all trying to read tomorrow's newspaper. We're all <laughs> trying to go into the future and we're all hanging on to the past. And it's just crazy, you know. But when I start my day right and I focus through the instructions, uh, I use obviously instructions of the big book upon awakening. Um, I do 10, 11, and 12 uh, very consistently. 10, 11, and 12. People. Let's just do a brief explanation of 10, 11, and 12 so in case somebody doesn't know what those steps are. 10, we're continuing to take an inventory and setting things right. 11, we're seeking through prayer and meditation to improve a conscious contact with a God of our understanding. And through t- step 12, we're carrying this message to others, basically. Correct. Correct. So, um, you know, it's, I focused in on a lot of other things, uh, before this amazing gift that presented itself to me. Um, Deb, um, you know, I was always focusing on you. I was always focusing on them and I always was focusing in on nobody understood me. And I was always focusing, focusing in on, uh, you know, you don't understand what I'm going through. And, you know, all this stuff, um, all this illusion, delusion, you know, like the alcoholic and addict suffers from. We, so let's face it, we suffer from a chronic thinking disorder. It's just the way it is. And, you know, we're wired to do what we do. We're wired to unwire. We're wired to fill it up. We're wired to tear it down. We're wired to focus on everything else except what's really going on. And, you know, even as you and I talk, uh, Deborah, you know, uh, uh, you know, you and I, at this moment, we're all as old as we've ever been at this moment. 
And, you know, the other side of that is we're as young as we'll ever be at this moment. <laughs> True. <laughs> and, and, that, <laughs> and that's what's really going on. You know, um, I came into this world crying that, you know, and people standing around me smiling and laughing. Well, you know, these, those 33 years of addiction and alcoholism with all its darkness, pain and suffering, um, you know, uh, Debbie, I'm going out, I'm going out when I go, I'm going out with a smile on my face and all my brothers and sisters will be around me smiling, uh, excuse me, crying, you know, I'm, go- <laughs> I'm going out the complete op. I'm going out the complete opposite because today I can see the truth. Today, I'm, I can see the truth, and I start that off in the morning, you know, the simple things like um, I take my, my cat. He teaches me, my lovely cat, Leo, I love him to death. He waits for me every morning because I sleep in the bedroom, closed door, because, you know, uh, slacks and dress shirts, and I just don't want to do the routine with the masking tape roll every morning and all that. And I come out, and he's always there. And and, he, and after I, you know, do my morning greeting with him, I take my coffee, and I start my prayer meditation. I start my reflection. I start my inventory. And, you know, Debbie, there's not a day that goes by that he doesn't look at when he's looking at it because he'll come right up on my settee with me, my sofa, and look at me. And he teaches me this lesson every morning uh, uh, because I look at him, and he's the perfect example of how to live life not based on self-image. Yeah. You know, his life doesn't evolve around what what I'm thinking. You know, his happiness, his being, his presence isn't based on me. Especially he, a he cat. Just has the ability, he, just, he just has the ability to be, you know? I have a chihuahua. He's got a little <laughs> bit more of an ego, but I get it in a cat, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get what I'm getting at, though, right? Definitely, definitely. And, and, and I th- he doesn't suffer from self-image like so many of us humans do. You know, I was thinking about when you were sharing, too, Tim, about... I grew up with four older brothers, and my oldest brother, he grew up in a different family than I did. And all my other brothers, they grew up in different families because when my oldest brother was born, he didn't have any siblings, and then these other siblings came. My second brother was born with an older brother and then had three younger siblings. You know, so it changes. When I was born, there was already four boys there. So we were born actually into different families, and, and we were talking about... I was never this age before. It's like I look back, uh, you know, four years on my Facebook post and go, oh, my God, did I say that? <laughs> we change and we grow. And I think that's yeah. I just think that's so important. And that's, you know, another example uh, of what's really going on. You know, I'm constantly changing. You're constantly changing. We're all constantly changing. You know, this time by this time next week. We'll both be in a different body than when we were right now talking. Right. We'll be in a different you know, place. And that's why I was talking with Rosemary about one of my best tools for dealing with uh, life on life's terms is that pause mm. button, that delayed response, that ability yeah. to respond and not react is so important yeah. because what I do today may require an amends tomorrow. <laughs> so maybe I'll yeah. just wait till tomorrow <laughs> when I'm feeling a little more spiritual. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I hear you. You know, I practice. Um, I'll I'll share this with your with your listeners. Teach this to a lot of the people that I work with, and I actually get them to say the word "stop" when if they're agitated or upset, because "stop" is literally the S is for stop. The T is to take a couple of breaths, two or three breaths. The O is to observe what's going on. Why am I feeling this way? And the P is for pause or in prayer. So mm-hmm. stop. Something like starts that. to affect you. Stop. 
I like that very much. Tim, thank you so much for being here with us at Sober in the City. When we come back, more about living life on life's terms. What does that look like to you? How do you accept the things that are really not going your way? And how do you keep hope for the future? 800 Sober 5 Sober in the City will be right back. And just because you don't know what's on the other side does not mean that it's not a good thing. addict or alcoholic? Is someone you know struggling with this disease? Let the Freedom From Addiction Foundation assist you with our acclaimed intervention and recovery coaching services. For a very affordable fee, we can set up and perform on-site interventions, ongoing treatment supervision, and personalized recovery and life coaching services. We are local, we are a nonprofit group, and we can work within your financial parameters by accepting most major credit cards and working with or without your insurance. Call today, 1-877-876-2329. 1-877-876-2329. Again, that's 1-877-876-2329. Are you a suffering addict or alcoholic? Is someone you know struggling with this disease? Recovery starts with one phone call. Call the Freedom From Addiction Foundation today. 877-876-2329.